just I'm just trying to piece this together. It's so good in my head, but like getting it out of my mouth is the really hard part. Okay. Bella Thorne lived in a quaint city in Washington. On her weekends, she would spend time with a particular vampire named Edward Cullen. On a Tuesday evening, we're spending time with a vampire, not Cullen, but weekend. This week, uh, my taste in music is terrible. We rank the entire vampire weekend discography. Who's Bella Thorne? <laughs> isn't it? Uh, isn't like uh, Bella from yeah, Twilight? from Twilight. Right? Okay. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I've never read any of that. Or seen it. I mean, that was... That's fair. The, that, that was where the intro music should be, so we can cut this one. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taste of Music is Terrible. Another episode. We're doing Vampire Weekend. My name is Jonathan. My name is Allie. I'm Josh. I'm Tanner TK, I guess. <laughs> and I'm Tanner. Very, very, uh, Dan, oh, never mind. I lost original the Original Tanner. Distinct. Yeah. It's the original Tanner. The original mm-hmm. one. Even though I'm older. The one who's really confident in the fact that his name is Tanner. Right. Yeah. So I'm confident <laughs> that he couldn't even say what he wanted to <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. Just brimming with confidence. Um, but Ali, thank you so much for being on the show. Typically, um, what we do when we begin the show is we like to ask our guests, starting this episode, uh, we like to ask our guests um, just generally like, hey, what's Gerard weighing on your heart? And then when you're finished, you ask me the same question. Okay. Okay, so Ali, what's Gerard weighing on your heart today? Um, is it serious? or It can be whatever you want it to be. I don't know what's weighing on my heart, man. I got like two hours of sleep last night, so I'm really like struggling to form Ooh. sentences, and here I am on a podcast. Good, that's perfect. So we that's kind of weighing yeah. on You'll my heart. Just fine. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Even yeah. with ample sleep, we are <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Guess that's it. As Tanner displayed it, <laughs> quivering. <laughs> oh, hey, t- TK, what's Gerard weighing on your heart? Well, when I was a young boy, <laughs> oh my, God. my father <laughs> took me into the city. Wait, I want to change my answer to now it's knowing that that whole album was written about 9-11. Yeah! That's crazy. I learned this on TikTok this week, that uh, My Chemical Romance, in particular the Black Parade album, all of that was inspired because Gerard Way was on the ferry watching the towers go down. I, I, now this is TikTok. I have no idea if that's true or not. Right. Was there some good literature that was based off of that? I have no idea. What, what are you doing, Jonathan? I'm, I'm turning it up. It looked like it wasn't loud enough. <laughs> it, it's recording. It's just, you just can't see yeah. it because we're using a different microphone this week. And it's yeah, guys. For... Just a little tech chat. 
Yeah. Sorry. You know. Yeah. I was adjusting. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you were saying your father took you into the city? Yeah, to see a marching band. Right. Okay. That's what's struggling on your Yeah, that's what's struggling on Do you wish that he didn't do it or that he would do it again? Somewhere in, like, split the difference. Okay, so, like, almost do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into, let's get into this week's uh, core material. Let's do it. Um, I'm not starting this week. Josh is not starting. So but we should talk about our first exposure. That's right. true. Yeah, yeah. What's first your exposure? first exposure? My first exposure uh, to Vampire Weekend. Um, it was, I, I was growing up in this logging town in Washington. Um, and it was the craziest thing. Like I walk into math class and sitting there uh, is just this handsome man. And when he looks at me, he looks a little bit like, you know, like, Oh my gosh and uh we sit down and we actually like get to be good friends um and then on the weekends uh i would find out that he would be a, a vampire wait are we talking uh, about the band <laughs> oh my god so confused yeah you have no it, i don't think that's right but i also <laughs> not right so i don't know but okay i'm sorry um so my first exposure to vampire weekend was um, I would watch this show on Fuse called Stephen's Untitled Rock Show, hmm. and it was actually like they would go um, through really good pop punk and emo. It was the first place I ever heard of the Get Up Kids. Um, I used to think that Alkaline Trio was just a crappy goth band until I saw on Stephen's Untitled Rock Show the music video for Stupid Kid, and then I was like, wait, what? They played pop punk? And then that's like what got me in Alkaline Trio, and then uh, they would play Motion City Soundtrack music videos and then one day in 2008 um they were just like hey we found this new band called vampire weekend check this out and from there i was hooked what song was it a punk the music video for a punk is so freaking cool it's cool it is i'm really sorry about my twilight references twilight. i think washington is about the only thing you got right in there okay <laughs> uh, I'll go. <laughs> My first exposure to Vampire Weekend was a friend of a friend in high school. I don't remember what her name was. Right, because she's a friend of a friend. Right. Was like, it who cares? It was like Juliet or something. <sighs> um, Brittany Spears. Spears. <laughs> Brittany Spears. It was Spears. That's what it was. <laughs> Hashtag free Britney. And. <laughs> She would, like, never shut up about them. She just mm. talked about them all the time. And so I was like, she's kind of annoying, so I'm not going to listen to them. Um, <laughs> but then, this is, this, I actually, I first listened to them out of spite. Because then, in 2013, when Modern Vampires of the City came out, she made, like, some kind of post on Facebook or something, like, talking about how, like, farewell Vampire Weekend, it was nice knowing you because they're not indie anymore. Or something like they changed their style a little bit in that album and I was like oh I should listen to that album <laughs> like because I was just feeling spiteful because she was so annoying about them in high school mm. and so I, I worked at a Starbucks in Washington at the time this was back when they sold CDs and Starbucks um, sold CDs yeah they had they the did. greatest mixtapes Starbucks yeah. like yeah I, I yeah. found the coolest music there huh. yeah and they they were selling modern vampires of the city and so I bought it for 30% off because I got a discount at Starbucks. Heck yeah. And I listened to that album. And then 
I think I had, I, like, I know I had heard A-Punk and I think Holiday before that, but I didn't, like, actively listen to it. So once I heard that album and then I went back and listened to their other stuff, I realized I've heard some of this before. My first exposure to <clears throat> Vampire Weekend was, I think, 2013 as well with Modern Vampires of the City. Um, I didn't own a car, but I had a job, and I would take my parents' car into that job. I worked as a kayak guide and drove a little short bus in a trailer. Um, and um, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did they sell CDs on the kayak? Do we have the same story? They, yeah, they, they no, did not. At the Starbucks on the kayak. Oh right. Yeah, you could you could paddle up to the Starbucks on the edge of the river and they'd throw you a CD. <laughs> just just chuck it frisbee. Um, yeah. No. Um, Have you guys seen that Hellraiser where like people get decapitated by CDs? No. 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 I feel like that just would happen. You know, like a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I, feel I like, mean, it would. like chucking it CDs at people is dangerous. It would have put them the under. Corners. It would have put them yeah. under for sure. Right. They would have gone Wait, so that kayak company would have been sunk? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to edit that out. Which is going to be a long bleep. Wait, so. And then we're going to have to write this one explicit. <laughs> um. So it wasn't that, um, but they didn't, I forget, for some reason, I didn't listen to CDs in that car. I don't remember why. Probably I just listened. CD player? Well, no, I think we did, okay. but I just, I just never grabbed CDs and put it in because it was like a five minute drive. So I guess I didn't really care, but I'd always listen to alt radio because that was the one good radio station I could get in my car and the song Unbelievers played a lot mm-hmm. and I got kind of annoyed by it and didn't really know what band it was and didn't care. And so I didn't listen to them again until three days ago. Oh. Mm-hmm. The truth comes out. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I have a very different experience than you guys so far. Um, I was introduced to them by one of my best friends, Shannon. Shout out, Shannon. Shannon, um, right into the pod. <laughs> my yeah. music is terrible at gmail.com. <laughs> right in. <laughs> Um, do that. But also, <laughs> she... Be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be the first one. <laughs> She is going to love this, but um, she introduced them to me right kind of when they came out. Um, So that first album came out when I was going off to college. She went to a college up from the East Coast, and she went up to a college in Connecticut, and so that whole first album is so, like, preppy and, like, Mm -hmm. um, waspy, and, like, no offense, Shannon, but your college kind of sounded like that a little bit, and I was really envious of it, but, like, she, she befriended all these, like, cool intellectuals and, like... Hugh Hefner's son was, like, in their friends group. What? And they would, like, go sailing. Like, some of this is probably in my imagination. But, so, she and her... <laughs> no, not the... Not, not, not the Hugh Hefner thing. That was real, but... That was the um, I, talked to him, I talked to him on the phone. What's up, Marston? That was a and, uh, Marston, right into the pod. <laughs> yeah. Dude, my taste music is terrible. Do you know what that You can be the second. So, she introduced me to them, and I kind of was at this state college in Virginia, just, like, dreaming of this kind of intellectual group, and they were listening to Vampire Weekend and, like, playing violin or whatever, and I wanted to be a part of that. I don't know. I thought it was cool, and um, and then also their other, the next album, Contra, came out when I was also in college, and it just, like, totally summarized my college experience, and, like, mm. I literally felt like I grew up with them and, like, became an adult with them, you know? That's so, awesome. they were, like... 
deeply embedded into my being, and I'm I'm so stoked to be here. That's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. So it was born out of your dreams of playing violin <laughs> on a yacht Basically. with like preppy kids. Kind of. Like, knowing I'd never have that life, and I wasn't, like, born into that life, and they were singing about it, and making fun of it, and also right. part of it, and it was all very complicated, um, but I just kind of... Yeah. Yeah, maybe fantasized about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm. Thank you, Shannon. Sorry, I don't mean to, like, crap on your school. <laughs> Trin- Trinity College is awesome. <laughs> uh, I... My first exposure that I can remember to Vampire Weekend was... Just last weekend. <laughs> Whoa! Get some babies. Uh, yeah, so that we could do this podcast. And since I'm a host on this podcast, I just am given source material yeah, to which, work with. By the way, I don't know if you've made it clear. <laughs> Originally, it was Jonathan, Tanner, and myself. As and I invited myself to the group. We, we kind of begged him. <laughs> Actually, we were like, can you please be a host? So there are four hosts now. Yeah. So... So when you guys are, you know, social, like, you know, messaging and, like, posting about us, like, you guys are always doing it. Like, we, we have the best fans <laughs> in the world. Uh, there's not just three hosts, now there's four. Yeah. Yeah. So give I, would, give I would some love, love some fan mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, right into the pod. <laughs> my taste of music at gmail.com. <laughs> no, it's, it's my, my taste, taste of music is terrible, terrible at gmail.com. Oh. oh, everyone's writing into that one. Well, no wonder I'm not getting any. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, because Jonathan keeps screwing it up. <gasps> also, you guys say it so fast. Well, my taste in music is terrible at gmail.com. Well, there you go. There you go. Anyway, like, that was my first exposure to Vampire <laughs> Weekend. was listening to it the last week and a half to two weeks or so. And, uh, yeah. I have a question. Yeah. How many times did you listen to the discography in um, preparation for this? About four. four. Okay. Wow. Nice. Four times yeah. each? Four times each album. Yeah. Wow. Dang. That's impressive. That's I did twice. I, I listened to one of them four times, two of them three times, and one of them only once. I have to, for, I, and so that will probably be how, what your ranking was. Whichever one you listen to four times is your number one. It is, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I listen to the, I, if I listen to them all once through, I'm like, basically I just got a snapshot of who they are or anything. I didn't get a chance to focus on instrumentation or lyrics or anything like that. And so then the second time I listened through, then it was, I was catching more of the instrumentation and production and I, uh, and uh, which by the way, I, I really liked the production of it. Um, and then the third time I was kind of starting to like, Oh, I, I remember these, this song and sing along to it. And the fourth time it was like picking out certain things and songs where I'm like, huh, what did they mean by that? And so then I'd stop what I was doing, look up the lyrics and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't just listen to a band one, like one album and go, Oh yeah. I can rank this. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. oh, totally. That makes a lot of Well, I think, yeah, that's really cool, because I think Vampire Weekend is very much a band that you can be like, huh, what did they mean by that? To it's literally an, everything. <laughs> Vampire Weekend is like an ogre. It has, it has onion, it layers like an onion. <laughs> yeah. Lots and, of layers. Yeah. And you just want to yell, get out of my swamp! <laughs> So that's, yeah. that's what's great though is like on the very base level like they're fun to listen to. Oh yeah. But then if you really want to dive deep and go crazy like there's, there's all this lots. there's so many references and there's all this like 
um, political and religious mm-hmm. iconography and, mm-hmm. and you can literally deep dive if you want to or you can just bop around and like have a good time yeah well let's get to ranking well t- oh he gives you he started yeah, his yeah but it was so random it, I, I forgot <laughs> don't what you it remember was. the whole twilight well thing? yeah and so that washed out the rest <laughs> of it <laughs> yeah I mean we've really tried to move on from there <laughs> I moved um, on yeah we It'll come up later, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It will. Okay. My number four, um, four. is Father of Bride. Fizzle of the Blizzle. Um, or the Brizzle, sorry. Uh, you know, I don't like Haim. Is it Haim or... Okay, is it Haim or Haim? I think it's Haim. I'm going to say Haim. I don't like <laughs> but I think it just kind of speaks for itself like uh, uh, and I'll get into it as I go down my rankings but what I think you know I think even like Fall Out Boy is a great example of a band that starts one place and ends up in a completely different place that doesn't necessarily like align with like where I'm at in my life um, or like things that I like relate with and identify with um, and I think that that, not like Haim is, Haim whatever the hell is bad, <laughs> but like, they're, they're just like not my thing. Like, I think they're incredibly talented sisters. Um, but I just kind of felt like it, it was like a really, it, it was like an album that just kind of washed over me. And I was like, I, I was pulling a Jonathan Crabtree and just asking like, how much is left? And there's no like real earworms. There's nothing that like I w- had a re-listenability because I think like the way that I rank albums is like how much do I want to go back and listen to it? And this one was just like none of it. I like like stuck with me. I think the cover art is super dumb. It really bothers me that they changed the cover art, the third one, or the fourth one in because they have like a consistent theme going. And I love it when bands do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like Amberlynn uses the same font on all of their albums, and that is like one of the coolest things. Um, but on the positives, I do think that there's some really cool guitar stuff going on. I think in the second song, second or third song, there's like a really, really cool piano part and it was reminiscent of like some of their older stuff. And that was, uh, really cool. Harmony Hall? Harmony Hall Mm -hmm. is incredible. I thought, I think that that is maybe the most re-listenable song, but as a unit, I just was kind of like, yeah, I mean like, does, does the world in 2019 like need another, like did, did the world need this Vampire Weekend album? And I think if there's like a significant significant gap, 2013 to 2019 is a six year gap. So for a band to come back after six years, six or seven years, you know, like forward, like you really need to pull out all the stops. You need something that's going to hit hard. You need something that's going to be re-listenable, that's going to prove your legitimacy and, and, and show to your fans, this is why we're a band and this is why we do what we do. And if you put something out that is milk toast, what you're doing is you're ruining your legacy. Thank you, Blink-182. That is exactly <laughs> what Blink-182 did. California is the most milk toast weak addition uh, in there. And, like, we won't even talk about nine. But, like, I just, I feel like it's the same thing. It's like, why does the world need this? It's, this is not proving the reasons for its own existence. I think part of it, though, is that they were trying, he, at least Ezra, was trying to, prove that they could still be a band without, and I won't try to pronounce his name. I'm just going to say his name is Batman. No, just say Rossum. Rossum, okay. Well, his first, the last, his last name, name starts, starts with Batman. With the, starts with Batman. Yeah. Bat, 
Men's right, yeah, League. Yeah, Men's League. Awesome. So they're trying to kind of prove that they could do it without him, even though he did collaborate on some songs. Um, but then he did come out and say, and because you're, from what I read, you're not alone in this interpretation of this album. A lot of people really upset with this album because they said basically at the end of Modern Vamps that this is it. Like, this is the end of a trilogy and we're pretty much done. And they didn't really tour after that or mm-hmm. anything. And then, uh, but when he decided, I'm going to release another album, and some people were really excited. And then he was like, he was like, well, here's the thing is 10 years ago when we started this, we were all Ivy League graduates and we were all this preppy. We just, you know, that whole scene and we're not anymore. We're all 30 now. And we we have a different experience of life. He, in particular, had just become a dad the year before. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, uh, just your whole perspective on life changes. So they were they were coming into this whole new new thing um, with similar style, but that was kind of the idea behind mm-hmm. the album. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and they also wanted to expand the um, world music influence. And so th- this one, to me, really sounds a lot more country-influenced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those like <clears throat> folk duos that are kind of referencing like Johnny and Cat. He even talked stuff. about that in, before the before the album was released. I can't remember the name of the country artist, but he... Kelly Musgrave. Yeah, he said that it was going to be Casey heavily influenced. Casey Musgrave. Casey Musgrave. <laughs> influenced <laughs> by stuff that he had seen from her. Yeah. Okay, and I maybe... It, I think a lot of this, too. So I'm not saying... It's uh, a bad album, like I, like product, you know, like engineering, production, like songwriting, like none of it is bad. Um, but I, I think like also too, it's like, you know, when a person listens to an album or like really likes a band, um, you can be a, cause like with Five Iron Frenzy, like I'm in the trenches, like I love everything they put out. Like even if they put out a bad album, Reliant K, they put out a bad album, I'm willing to learn about the context of it and to like defend them through a bad album because I'm like an involved fan, but I think with bands that like are more on the peripheral or bands that like maybe you, you, you like, but like haven't necessarily connected with when they do something that's pretty different and they variate, you know, greatly from like traditionally what you would, you know, like go to, or like what's your go-to album. Um, I think, uh, we run into stuff like this where it's just kind of like, Oh, it's a bad album. I don't care. Um, so maybe it, uh, needs some revisiting. (laughs) Well, it's my number four, too, but also this was like having to choose favorite children. I think that was on one of your other podcasts. Oh, yeah. yeah. I seriously love them so much. I love all their albums for different yeah. reasons. It was really hard for me. Right. But for me, like, it definitely did have standouts. Like, their Har- Harmony Hall is amazing. I love 2021, um, Hold You Now. Like, I did like 2021 as well. 2021. Yeah, Sunflower is amazing to me and, like, means a lot specifically to me and um but i also it's the one i skipped the most songs on and that's kind of how i arrived at that decision is that also because it's an hour long album (laughs) yeah there's a lot of songs (laughs) i think they probably could have left out a few songs but yeah so it's my fourth too i don't know how this like process we usually go in a circle but that's okay (laughs) i just kind of agreed so i figured i'd jump in i think we i I would imagine we're all feeling pretty much the same because my number four is also father of the bride Mm. um fizzle of the brizzle (laughs) however I do, and Josh touched on some of this too, I do have something to say about some of your points. Um, the one thing that Josh touched on is that Ezra Koenig very much said after Modern Vampire City, like, this is the end of the trilogy. Um, and I don't I don't remember him saying, like, 
Vampire Weekend was no more. I don't think that happened necessarily. Because mm. they, they still, shortly after that, they rebranded their website and the Sony Music trademark showed up and all that. But then they didn't release anything for six years. <laughs> um, I thought they didn't rebrand their website until 2018. You might be right. I might be remembering that wrong. But he, he did very much say, like, this is the end of a trilogy. Like, these three albums are, like, one cohesive, like, trilogy of albums. And so that, when I when I read about all that, I was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense with the different album artwork, which I agree, I don't like the album artwork on that, um, <clears throat> and the completely different sound. Like, it shifts the tone so much to this mm -hmm. folky, like, country. Um, Jam band was, like, a big... Yeah. Word used a lot. Yeah. Um, I also don't like Heim. So, like, almost none of the songs that she, like, sang on, I, like, uh, Danielle Heim, I think it was, I, I'm not a fan of them, really. Um, if you could have somebody step in her place, who would it be? Ooh. I would have to think about that one longer than I can right in this moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers is my, my, my vote. Hmm. Does somebody not like her? Is that one of you guys? I'm no. starting to like her. I thought someone oh. I know is like really against her. But uh, I don't know. Hmm. Um, I, do, I do really like songs from this album, but after listening to it a couple times all the way through, um, well, I only listened to the whole album once all the way through. I listened to a few songs more than once, but... Um, at least for this, I've listened to it before, but um, it's I had to just put it at my least favorite. Um, <clears throat> like we talked about, Rostam only plays on a few songs in this album, and I think that's really noticeable. <clears throat> Who is Rostam really quick? He he is the basically he was the producer. He's a multi instrumentalist, so basically anything that wasn't drums or guitar on the other albums oh, was him. Right. Yeah. He did all the keyboard work for the yep. first three albums. Wow, that makes all the crazy sounds and mm -hmm. all of that stuff, the yeah. strings that are in it. Yep. That That's was all him. And I don't know, did, did anyone listen to Discovery? <clears throat> no, I don't. No. What? Okay. I only listened to the four albums I was told to listen to. No, sorry. <laughs> um, it's a different band, but she, oh. it's his yes! band. Yes! Because he does that it's with... Like Osaka Loop Line. Osaka Loop Because he does that too with um, uh, the guy from Ra Ra Riot. Right. And that, that's, so that's the same guy. That's the same guy. That's him. Isn't that crazy? That, okay, that actually makes and, and like, sense. You gotta I love that story. Yeah, we gotta add it to the wall. Yeah. Where's the yeah. train? We gotta make a second wall. Seriously, for, for all the listeners, TK literally has a wall of images and post-it notes all connected by red string. So check out our and Instagram page to see more. <laughs> which I'm gonna create. Tonight. Or if you like a picture of it, you can email us at mytaste <laughs> <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, we did take some legit pictures while you're gone. Oh, yeah, I, I saw them. They're amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm like a quarter of the way through my notes on this album. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, Rossum's only on a few songs. That's very noticeable. Um, because it's super different, it's miss. It's kind of feels like it's missing something when you compare it to the other albums. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and Ezra Koenig changes his writing style in this album too. So I think his lyrics on previous albums are often very like kind of ambiguous in the sense that, like we we're talking about, you can you can pull all kinds of meaning. He he's very intentionally not direct with meaning in his songs, so that you can pull your own meaning out of it. Um, and this this album's lyrics are usually a lot more straightforward and direct. 
Um, like it, it has a hint of that, but they're much more cohesive. Like, okay, like this is what this song is saying, um, for the most part. So to highlight a couple songs, um, this life, I really like that song. Um, the opening lyric, baby, I know pain is as natural as the rain. I just thought it didn't rain in California is amazing. And I love it so much. Um, and then Harmony Hall is the only other one I'll highlight, but I do have a lot to say about it. Um, easily the best song on the album. TK mentioned it feels a little bit like their older stuff. That's because he started writing it in 2011. And it was it was almost on Modern Vampires of the City, mm. but it wasn't ready. Mm. And then they revisited it in like 2017. Hmm. Oh, um, that actually makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> yep. It would sound, like it would make more sense on. Yeah, it would, it would sound at home on. I think it would have been a really different song if it had come out then. I don't think it would, it would, like, because it still has that, like, touch of folk to it, like the rest of this album. And so I think, like, sonically it fits on this album. I agree. I, I think, I think I, it, it could have gotten lost in the other one. I think it would have been a little out of place on Modern Vampires of the City. Because to me, Modern Vampires is a very cohesive, like, it's, it is a complete album. Like, it doesn't need anything else. Um... Anyway, I did a kind of a deep dive into this um, song, and I listened to an episode of Song Exploder, which is another podcast that he was on, and he talked about this song. Um, and so that's where I found out he started it in 2011. The term Harmony Hall is um, associated with like this idea of utopian society, um, but there's also a lot of like old plantations and stuff that are named Harmony Hall. Um, and so the song is kind of about this, like, this contrast between, like, it was about perspective and, like, this contrast of, like, something that you, that you think is utopia that has this, like, this tainted piece to it. Um, and his, so his kind of modern perspective on that is singing about the White House. And this was pre-Trump, by the way. Um, so it wasn't necessarily just in response to that. I think it's a lot bigger than just that. Um, so, and that's that's pretty apparent in the lyric. Um, Anybody with a worried mind could never forgive the sight of wicked snakes inside a place you thought was dignified. Um, and I think he also touches a lot on the division of American politics. Um, and in the lyrics where he says, um, anger wants a voice, voices want to sing, singers harmonize till they can't hear anything. Um, to me, that makes me think of like, Often, you know, if you are only surrounding yourself with people that you agree with, you end up in this kind of echo chamber of this, like, hatred for the other side. And it becomes this har harmony of anger and, like, anger wants a voice, voices want to sing, singers harmonize till they can't hear anything. Um, and so, yeah. Can we just appreciate what a good lyricist he is? Oh, my gosh. Like, one of yeah. the best of our time. Like, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. He's so he's amazing. Um, I have other notes about him. <laughs> and lastly, uh, the lyric, I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to die. Um, I think with that, he's stating um, that he doesn't have an, he doesn't have a solution to the problem. Um, that there isn't an answer. It's not like in, in the podcast song explorer, he says like, there's like, he didn't want to end this song with like, and that's why you can never give up, man. Like, cause that's not like, that's not a solution. Um, can I interrupt real fast? 
That's also. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to. Wait, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Okay, okay, go for it. it. Okay, I thought you were. It's a callback to Modern Vampires of the City. The song Fingerback has the same lyric in it. Mm. Dang. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you should drop. flash. <laughs> oh, is that all your notes? Dude, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Are you sure you don't have more? Keep going. <laughs> that was all my notes on that album. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Dang. <laughs> I kind of feel like a dick now, okay. <laughs> no, that, you liked that. So it was still his number four album. Yeah. It was my number four album, I, but I, I think you make good points. Right. And I agree. I just think I, I, I had the same opinions and I decided to kind of dive deeper a little right. bit. Like, usually I'm only like responding like just based on without doing any research. And this one, I was like, I want to do some research because I love Vampire Weekend. Right. I love Ezra Koenig's lyrics. And I, I am not a huge fan of Father of the Bride as an album. I like songs from it, but I wanted to figure out like why it was so different and like what his kind of motivations behind that were. Um, and Harmony Hall is really the only song that, like, super stood out to me on that album. Um, so that's why I have so many notes about it. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Wow. Well, I didn't do a ton of research because it was my first experience listening to the band. So I just listened to each album a couple times through. And before I walked into TK's house to record this, I made my uh, list in the car. So... <laughs> uh, um, I'm pretty certain about my number one and number two. Number three and four could probably be flipped if I listened to it another time and thought different things. So I'm just going to go with what I feel right now, which is strange because I never know what I'm feeling. Do you but follow your heart? I, I, I will try. Um, we'll see how it goes. My, what? What? What are you saying? I was just quoting the Just to share it with oh, all of Oh, yeah, share it with the <laughs> class. Eyes up here. My number four is Contra. Actually, whoa! Surprise! Surprise! And um, you know, I I listened to this one after self-titled, and I just didn't think it was as memorable. Now I get, you know, comparing it to self-titled may be the wrong thing to compare it to, um, but I did like some songs on it. I just didn't think that I would ever listen to the whole thing again all the way through, just because it was kind of random and weird at times, and I understood the whole random weirdness on self-titled, but I didn't quite get it on Contra. Um, not to say that it isn't a good album, or the songs aren't well-written, they are. Um, I just It just didn't kind of sit as well with me as the other ones. But I do like Run, Giving Up the Gun, uh, Diplomat's Son is catchy, and then the tone like changes completely. Like I wrote Diplomat's Son is catchy in my notes, and then a second later, the tone of the song just completely shifted. It was kind of cool, and then it went back. So, it was interesting. Um, there's a lyric, I forget which song it is, but it says, I look psychotic in a balaclava, mm-hmm. which I thought was a pretty interesting <laughs> lyric. <laughs> That's in Horchata, for horchata? you guys listening. Yep. Yes. Oh, and speaking of Horchata, do you guys know what Horchata is? Sure yeah. do. Okay, cool, because I didn't, and I had to look it up and look up the recipe, and it looks, it sounds good. Oh, we should have made some for... Oh, we what are we doing? Redo, redo. I hate I mean, wait, hold on, edit that out. Cancel it. It's so great it's that so we're all delicious. sitting here drinking horchata while we do this. <laughs> wow, this wow, horchata. Wow, it's so warming. It's <laughs> so, so cold. I'm choking on my horchata. Not whiskey. It's fire down my face. Um, but I want to take this opportunity, and by this opportunity meaning that I'm talking, to <laughs> drop a new segment Surprise. 
I'm dropping a new segment. What? Yeah. It's not replacing Love Tips with Jonathan. Good. For all of those who who love that segment yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason. It's that's basically the only reason why most of our listeners listen. <laughs> I we've had reviews say that I fixed like their marriages Marriage. or something. Yeah, it's life changing. That's amazing. I wonder I mean if that's true you can email email us at my taste of music is terrible at gmail.com. <laughs> right into the pod. So what's the new segment? Um it is sounds feels like. Alright. So I know a lot of people this is not me, but I'm trying to I'm trying to experiment with something new. A lot of people when they listen to an album or a song, they think of like a place in time or it can, it doesn't have to be in their life. It can just be like this feels like I'm walking down a street, or this feels, or this seems like this particular color, right? Like some people do that. Do you guys do that mm-hmm. at all? Certainly. Okay. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what? I feel so trolled right now. <laughs> I'm like crying over here, like, yeah, I totally feel you. And you're like, I don't do that. <laughs> but, but I want to try. All right, so this is my attempt at that. So with each album, I wrote down what it sounds or feels like to me. Wow. All right? I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I so, don't do that. <laughs> do you know that feeling when? I don't. Yeah. I don't. No. But I'm trying. Um, this, this is my heartfelt try at that. I, I didn't think of any colors. I didn't associate it with colors. I associated it with, like, doing something. So Contra sounds, feels like, to me, like I'm walking through a carnival or a fair while eating a quarter of a pretzel and a lot of cotton candy. I Dang. have things to say. I have things to say when okay. I get to that album. Cool. So that's, that's really cool. I'm just gonna drop that, let that sit. Yeah. Percolate. Yeah, a little percolate. Percolate in the lab. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um now I feel like I need to figure out what that feels like. Well, it, like I said, it was my fourth. Sorry I interrupted. Um, I am way more of a lyrics person and more than like a vibe or a feeling of a song. And so this album also in like the context of their other albums feels a lot more like they're... I think, I think Modern Vampires is them really wrestling with faith, or at least Ezra. This one feels like he's kind of coming a little bit more to terms in a positive way as far as like the lyrics go. I think a lot of it's about like settling down and, and there's a lot of call, like um, marriage terms and whatnot and like love songs. And, but I, like we also talked about, he's, he's trying to expand to different genres. Um, I think pushing himself so that it doesn't sound like their other albums, which may have worked or may not have worked. Um, and I'm not going to talk again about like Harmony Hall because I also equally love that song. Um, I want to talk about my least favorite song on the album, musically, but one of my favorites thematically. <laughs> um, it's Sympathy. Do you guys know that one? It's like the really loud, like yes. crazy punk. So like Weird. each of their albums has like at least one that's really like punk influenced and like crazy sounding. <clears throat> and those usually give me heart pal- palpitations and are like not my favorite. But this one is really interesting. He's, he's kind of talking about... Um, how Jews and Christians historically have sort of been at odds, but they can form together against a third party. And it can be interpreted that it's like Islam or something. And I just find that idea that he's singing about it, it's such a complex topic, like so fascinating. And like, if you read the lyrics, I'm not going to go into them. It's, it's just, 
for my mind, I really enjoy it, but to my ears, I really don't. So I just kind of wow. wanted to point that out. Like, what song was that? It's called Sympathy. Sympathy. Okay. So, a little fun fact about that song. Ezra Koenig refers refers to that song as the most or the closest to metal that Vampire will ever Vampire Weekend will ever be because they use a double bass pedal in it. <laughs> that is why I don't like it. Let's just say that. Wow. Not my genre. I don't remember that one at all. I must. I am. Do you want me to sing it for you? No. Yeah. <laughs> all the listeners will one, unsubscribe. Two, um, so for those of you, for those of us who don't know, me included, what is his like religious background? Jewish. So Jewish. his background is Jewish. He um has never really come out and said that. Like, I think, I would probably say he's agnostic. Okay. But he was raised in the Jewish culture and tradition, and a lot of his songs and references are about that. Yeah, there's a lot um, of Jewish culture references. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and he's also married to... Rashida that, Jones. Rashida Jones, who is who was also raised half in the Jewish tradition. Um, I don't know about the other band members, but I think he also does most of the lyric writing, yeah, you know. He does. But, um, but so, like, there's a lot of references, especially this one. There was, like, references to different, like, treaties and the world wars. Like, I bet a bunch of history buffs probably went crazy on this album, but that was not me. They, so. I was starting to dive into that side of it because yeah. I... Yeah. I it's it. fascinating. But he, he, this isn't the only... Well, this is random. This isn't the only set or album where songs had historical references that were really weird but all of his oh, have been they, like yeah, they, 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 like every all album like has this like like from the very motif. first song mansard roof mm-hmm. and that that like i i went down rabbit hole on that one yeah <laughs> i also just think like that song specifically sympathy it has a flamenco style like with the like clapping yeah. and i just like that with punk and like it just it's crazy. And that's what I like Vampire Weekend. Like it just oh. makes you think in a totally weird different way and like it's not just like singing about love. It's like, okay, wait, let's actually talk about like religious relationships or yeah. so I love what? that. Also wanna shout out Sunflower real fast. I'm not gonna say much about it, but that is one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> um and also, yeah, twenty twenty one. Um I really like the song We Belong Together with which has the Heim Heim sister. Yeah. It's so like cute and cheesy, but it's just so different, and I it's lighthearted and it feels good to listen to. So I like yeah. that one. Yeah. I I was just gonna say, and when you were talking about like the different styles on sympathy, um, I what I love about Vampire Weekend is that it seems like musically nothing is off limits, like right. and it, they're right. so creative with everything that they put into their songs, and it's like, like there's, <clears throat> I can't really think of a Vampire Weekend song where like anything in it like, doesn't add something. Like, it, it all just belongs the way that it is and the way that they've put it together. So. I think the only genre I haven't really heard is, like, polka. Has anyone heard polka influence? <laughs> Not that I can think of. Yeah, I feel like all the other, like, genres, basically. Maybe, like... CC, what was it, CCM? CCM, there's probably no... Actually, no, that's not true. That's There's so much religious, like, songs yeah. in it, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say the closest is maybe Fingerback. I think the closest you might get to polka with Emperor Weekend, but I don't think they really have any polka. And that one's also about possibly interracial and, like, interreligious relationship. Mic drop. There's a there's a big theme with that on that <laughs> it's album. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh... So before I get into my ranking, there was, so I I have to say, listening to Vampire Weekend for me at first was actually really difficult. 
um, because it is not anything close to styles of music that I listen to. Mm. Um, and that, that's part of why I had to listen to the album so many times before I could really start focusing on the things that I liked. Because it's just, like, if, if you played one of the albums for me two weeks ago, I would have been like, can we listen to something else? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just because it's not my style. But so, what, can really quick, I mean, just so that we can have like context, but is more your style? More metal and hard rock, right. uh, and definitely more mainstream. Now, <clears throat> that that being said, I have always very much admired indie music and right. indie artists because uh, it's, it's say you listen to country music your whole life. You sit down, you're going to write a country song. Uh, you've listened to rock music your whole life. You're going to be influenced by rock music. Uh, indie artists, they can draw from so many different things and come out with something that's so unique. And that's one of the reasons I respect them. But I think it's also got to be one of the more pure forms of actual music. We all sit and go, well, this is the style that I've been steeped in and that I'm good at or whatever. And they kind of just like, oh, I'm going to make my own style. And I, I think that that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really hard for me to get into it at first, though. I wish I had had more time to spend with these albums because mm-hmm. I think I would have gotten... I was just starting to dive into some of the lyrical things. And whereas I am normally a very lyrical... Like, I listen to the lyrics on a lot of songs. I had to get into the instrumentation. I had to get into the style of music before I could start focusing on the lyrics. Whereas normally I'm like pass that around. I'm, oh, right. that's sweet guitar, but listen to these lyrics, you know. So, anyway, my fourth favorite was also Father of the Bride. Um, and I think I think maybe it's because, like we were talking about, the first three, they're a trilogy. They're all very similar in style. I was getting used to that, and then I listened to Father of the Bride, and it was different, and I was like, wait a minute. Right, you didn't get that six-week yeah. gap. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I, I had a heart, it was like, yeah. This is one style of music, and I'm just getting used to it. Now I've got to get used to a second kind of music because it's definitely different. Um, yeah, so I I would say that that's probably why it's my fourth favorite. Um, I I do really like a lot of the instrumentation. The production of this was very good. I will say this is the second band that we have talked about that was produced at one point by Columbia Records. Uh, this was this album was done by Columbia, and it, a lot of their fans called them sellouts because of it. Um, but the uh, the other band that we've talked about, can anybody remember that was done by Columbia? Oh yes, oh yes, super chick, super chick. <laughs> which doesn't mean anything. It's just that Columbia is a massive record label. Yeah, um, yeah, I I like. Think, oh, sorry. Okay. Also, nobody else is. We haven't mentioned like this one a Grammy like. Yeah, it critics did. believe it, it to be amazing, and yeah. like we can't discredit yeah. that as well. Yeah. Like it yeah. is very well, genre bending. Right. I don't think any of us are saying it's a bad album. Yeah. No. It's yeah. just. I just want to put that out there. We right. haven't brought that up yet. That it's, right. You know. But true. Yeah. Memory. So that's that's uh, kind of all I have for it. I, I. Let's see. I had. Uh, you guys have touched on Harmony Hall, uh, and and uh, I I definitely like that song a lot. But um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about Father. <coughs> I think that means it's time for Love Tips with Jonathan. Whoa! <laughs> 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 
<laughs> we should we should write like a sexy hook or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> For now, I'm but then we'll have to edit. <laughs> I'll just mime. That's true. At some point, we are gonna have to start editing this if we get like sponsors and stuff. That's you know? true. Yeah, yeah. yeah we We're will. looking for sponsors. If anyone's interested, yeah. you can Give email us, us at <laughs> email the pop. Yeah, Columbia Records. We keep talking about you guys. Yeah, <laughs> not a sponsor yet. Um, my love tip. This love tip is very simple. Hmm. Don't, don't be a punk. Uh, oh my okay. god. Okay. <laughs> What about oh no, that was Tanner's love tip previous to the to the podcast. I thought we were maybe incorporate that one because it was good. We could. What was your love tip? Wait, TK has a love tip. Wait, what? What What did you say? What did he say? I don't remember. I don't remember what you're talking about. Dang it! You had a love tip before the podcast started. That's why. That's why. Hold on. Did it have anything to do with Twilight? <laughs> no. No, it didn't. No. Okay. That's why I'm not in a relationship, because I can't remember my own good advice. Aww. It was really good. I should have written it down. <laughs> we are all just, like, stunned by it. Yeah. Um, cool. I got resaved. <laughs> wow. um, we also didn't... I don't know if we're doing your new section for that last album. About what, like how we felt. Oh, he, he oh, did. I think that's just him. Is it just you? <laughs> it's just oh, it's just, oh you I'm can, sorry. You can okay. add it if you'd like. You oh. can add. You can but I didn't it. say anything to anybody. So no, it's I was just fine. Gonna drop yeah. it. So it's if fine. You guys it's fine. Feel no, you're inspired. The, you know, our, our segments are more just kind of. I like think it's Jonathan focused. Bracketed. <laughs> on <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah. No, I. I mean the Gerard Wang isn't. That's your segment. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Let's just move on from that awkward moment. Nah. TK number three. My love tip sections are usually pretty awkward. It's, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, kind of very. That, that's the point. Yeah. I liked that one. Oh gosh. Um. Okay. So, uh, I think this conversation about Father of the Bride is really cool because, and not to like, you know, like, um, talk like hype up how how good we are, but like, I love that this is the kind of conversation where we all can come in with like different ideas. And then, like, it, this is never the kind of conversation where we can we can take something that maybe, like, we don't necessarily like, but it ends up turning into a positive conversation where we're, like, more excited about the thing and we, we're, we're more, like, encouraged on the subject matter. And it, the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is um, so I watched the really terrible movie, Tolkien. It's a bad movie. Don't watch Tolkien. But one of the coolest things about that movie, or like the only good thing about that movie, is the fact that the characters in it, they would sit down in, in a circle just like this. So we're sitting in a circle, and they would have this discourse on music and art and literature, and it was such a cool idea just to have like people sit down, have intelligent conversations, whether it's a disagreement or an argument, you know. Um, and, and I wanted to do more and more of that kind of thing, so this is kind of like me trying to, <laughs> to recreate that. Um, and I love that my ideas on because I would I would love to hear punk music about Israeli Christian you know like that kind of like that's so cool. Um, so now I'm now I'm going you know from this to go check out that album and listen through it. Yeah. Uh, better. Okay, my number three album is Modern Vampires of the City. So in high school. When I was in high school in 20, 
two, uh, 2008 or 9, 2009, Emery uh, released an album called In Shallow Seas We Sail. Mm-hmm. And I remember really liking it and being like, this is a good album. But like at that time, I was getting into the Postal Service and Death Cab for Cutie and Bright Eyes and the Wombats and like uh, more like the indie rock side of things and folk. And, and I and like Ryan Adams and I was having a really hard time like gravitating towards that even though I knew it was good and I would say for this album in 2013 um, I remember listening to it in uh, town and country on campus it was in between classes and I had a poor boy sandwich which I got for one dollar <laughs> and then I had my big sky cream soda which was 69 cents and it was like a great day and I was listening through like those like the 30 second clips on the iTunes store and I just remember thinking, like, man, I love Vampire Weekend, but, like, right now I'm into into it over it, and you blew it, and the front bottom, and, like, I, I'm more into this genre of music. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, I couldn't, like, I, I couldn't mentally latch onto it, even though I knew it was really good. Um, so that being said, a few years, so I got married in 2014. On our honeymoon, the only thing I wanted to do other than, you know, was... <laughs> go to a record store we went to portland and uh, we'd like to have a, a massive record store there and it was, I was just like a kid in a candy store and i found this album and i bought it so i could listen to it um and then in like this is like such a poor thing but like uh i was listening to it and we had this like massive drag out fight while this was playing and I cannot separate those two mm. things from like I, because mm. for me like it was it was so difficult, and that was a really hard season too because like, uh, I, like it's a crash course in you know like grace and patience and living with somebody else that you know like I I never had roommates except for my parents, um, <laughs> you know like I was I was starting as a senior um, with student teaching I was uh, I had like three jobs you know so it was just such a stressful season. So that album is like tied to that really hard season, and I I, I can't separate those things. Um, maybe in a few years I, I would be able to, but I think it's a great album. It's memor- memorable. It's inventive. It's fun. I think they lean into like almost kind of like a horror, like uh, uh like Dracula, gothic. dark gothic. Ooh, is it like a vampire? Oh my gosh! I was gonna say mummy, but like. <laughs> Um, it's, it's very gothic and I think I was surprised that cause it's so tongue in cheek. So I was really surprised that they did that, but I thought it was so like it for it being really tongue in cheek. It's exactly what it should be. Um, and it's, it's like a great narrative or a story. I, I think like the album artwork is super cool. I think it's my favorite artwork on, uh, no, I still like subtitled cause I think the chandelier like placement is perfect, but, um, yeah, unbelievers. It, it's just like that. Like that song uh, has like weighted different significance. So, like the person that I was with basically like told me a few years or like a few months after marriage that they're like, I don't know if I'm a Christian anymore. And I remember like hearing that song, Unbelievers, and it's like really tied to that. And so it's like it's it's just hard for me to separate those two. Yeah. Mm. So maybe in a few years, because um, I I've steered clear of it. So maybe like so this. Like listening through it this time, it was kind of the first time. So maybe, I don't know. I want to quickly interrupt because I forgot to address the art, the album art. Oh, for Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride, yes. So they are kind of 
making fun of and referencing like the 90s like granola movement yes right. mm-hmm. and like the peace frog and like i so i saw that one live that was the only time i've seen them was performing for that or touring for that show and i forgot to mention this, this is such a good story this is when i was like i literally think they're the best musicians on the planet at the end of the concert if you are wearing a bucket hat do you guys know what a bucket hat is yeah yeah mm-hmm. You could request a song, shout up a song at the end, and they would play three or four songs from their entire discography on the spot. I've never seen a band do that before. Do you know that I went out and bought a bucket hat, and I wore it to that damn concert? <laughs> and we were pretty close, but I didn't get picked. But um, that's like, you know, the bucket hat, like the Tevas, the Peace Frogs, the si- like the right. psychedelic, and they hmm. even had big blow-up like frogs that you could take photos in front of, and... So I think in like the earth and the world and environment, like I just think it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. I don't think it's supposed to be like, I mean, I think it's supposed to be humorous. Mm-hmm. And I think you're supposed to hate it, you know. It, yeah, like it, it reminded me of that hardcore. Like, yeah, and it's that 90s like yeah. environmental movement sort of. I don't know how that ties in. I, I'm very confused about a lot of things on that album, and that's one of them. But anyways, I just thought, sorry, side note, I forgot to like no, that's respond so cool. to that. Yeah. And the like bucket hat thing is just the coolest thing. That's, that's so, cool. so cool. And they were just all them. It was like a, you know, 10 piece band, and they could just play every single song on the spot. That's I've, awesome. I've never heard of that. It's wild. That is really cool. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Please continue. Tanner. Um, need to breathe for a sec. My. Really? Yeah. They're amazing. It's totally not anything to do with this, but sort of do with that. Need to Breathe, uh, every single one of their albums is, or every song is performed start to finish. There's no, uh, like in the studio, there's no, uh, it's not modern recording as we know it. It's not, we, mm. they, didn't, they didn't record a guitar track and then mix it with a vocal, vocal track mm. or anything like That's that. Cool. They cool. Uh, every single one of their songs is start to finish the whole band in the studio. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's wow. super cool. Death Cab does that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, my number three Vampire Weekend album is Contra. Um, I, mm. so going into this, I actually thought this was going to be at the bottom of my list. Um, and it's, I think it's because it is the one that I've, um, well, okay, so so Father of the Bride, I had listened to more recently. Um, Contra, I hadn't listened to the whole album in a long time, and I like compared to their first album and their third album, like not nearly as much. Um, and so, I thought it was gonna be at the bottom because I could think of three songs off of it, um, and I couldn't really like remember any of the other ones, um, but. It kind of was the opposite of what happened with Father of the Bride, where once I listened to it a couple times, I was like, man, this album is so good. Um, and so I had to I had to kind of flip that on my ranking. So Contra, um, it's my number three album. Um, what I wanted to say about what you said, Jonathan, mm-hmm. when, you, when you said this album reminds you of like a theme park, lots of cotton candy, yeah. um, you might say that theme park's on a pier. Because okay. Ezra sure. Kenning describes this album as their SoCal album. Um, oh. but I haven't heard that. That's cool. Yeah. So at the time of writing, he had not spent very much time in California, and so he was like writing it from the perspective of like I've been there a few times, and like his kind of like image of that. Um, and so 
that's what that makes. Like when I think SoCal, I think like beaches, like piers with mm-hmm. like theme parks on them and cotton candy and all that stuff. And so interesting. Um, maybe yeah. I'm onto something. Maybe, maybe you maybe are I'm psychic. Maybe you are. Um, <laughs> also, this I I love this because I'm just a big nerd. But um, the name of this album, Contra, is a reference to a video game that came out in 1987, um, and the word Contra literally means contrasting or contradictory um which i think speaks to a lot of the musical styles on this album um like what you were talking about with um oh, diplomat son yes diplomat son where the the tone just shifts all of a sudden and then yeah and, and then, then it, it goes, goes back. back and i think yeah. there's a lot of like especially when you compare it to their first album because this was their sophomore album was it, it's it, there's a lot more electronic type stuff on it mm-hmm. whereas the first album had a lot less of that and I think that there's a, an interesting mix of that kind of stuff. They, um, yeah, it, like, like I said, like nothing musically is off limits for them. And so they did a lot of things that seem like they shouldn't go together, I think, if you just, like, as a concept. But then when you hear it, it works. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, um, the songs that I could think of, which I think are just kind of Vampire Weekend staples, are um, Holiday, Horchata, and White Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like most people who would say they don't know who Vampire Weekend is have probably heard at least one of those songs, probably Holiday. Um, the one thing I, the one song I want to point out this one, I this is probably the one I have the least amount of notes on, maybe, um, is Cousins. I that song really stood out to me. Um, I liked it a lot. It reminded me of like Sublime, and this like this SoCal like punk vibe. Um, and I think that I think that that song, Tika is making lots of faces right now. <laughs> uh, no, I would agree with that. I'm a rude boy though. I'm into ska. Right. Mm-hmm. So in right. 2021. <laughs> um, so right. I I think that like when they went into this album, with the intention of like we're gonna write a SoCal album, I think that they accomplished that with the song Cousins. Like it 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 has this very like old school SoCal punk vibe to it. It makes me just want to go to like a skate park on the beach under palm trees and just like get a bloody knee because I'm not that good at skateboarding. (laughs) Well, maybe we can go together and you can go to the beach and I can go to the carnival or the fair or the theme park is there. And we'll listen to Contra on repeat the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll come back together at like a coffee shop and discuss how we felt about the same thing. Is there a Reliant K song where he gets a bloody knee? On a skateboarding half pipe. Yeah. 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 In the backyard that Tuesday night. That's, yeah. that's that was exactly mm-hmm. what I thought of when you said that. Probably subconsciously where that came from in my <laughs> brain. <laughs> <laughs> um my third is Father of the Bride. And again, if I listened to Father of the Bride and Contra again it may be flipped. I don't know because I only listened to it a couple co- Yeah. I only listened to them a couple times. Um but kind of similar to Contra I wouldn't go back and listen to many songs. I think Harmony Hall is definitely the one I go back and listen to because um, I love that song. I think that's my favorite song on the record. Um, and one of my favorite Vampire Weekend songs, I think, from any of them that I listen to. But I also love how the album started out. I think Tanner mentioned it, but I forget the, forget the song that it starts off on. I don't have it in front of me. But I think it's... Ob- obvious Bicycle? Yes. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Um, it's just, 
I think it's really cool to just jump into a record like that. I've listened to so many albums lately that have like an intro track. Like Chevelle's latest album has like a three minute long intro track. <laughs> have you, listen, Josh? I have haven't you listened to that? Yet. You haven't listened to it yet. I love Chevelle. It's interesting. I do like Chevelle. It's good. It's kind of like a concept record. It's it's different. I have to check for it them. Turn the paper. Yeah. Sorry. So anyway, and then. I listen to some, a lot of metal lately, so I listen to Architect's new record, and that has an intro song on it. Um, yeah, that's a good one too. But this one just jumps right in with a cool acoustic track, and I like that. It's different. So um, really quick though, like I'm not being obnoxious. Yeah. Would you say that you're? <laughs> to be determined. Right. To be. <laughs> let Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> so like you're you're more into like metal as well. Um, it, it really depends on the day, to be honest. Okay. I've been listening to Metal and Jacob Collier. Have you guys heard of him? Yeah. Okay. He's amazing and has, like, crazy arrangements, even crazier than Vampire Weekend. Um, and he also just won a Grammy for Best Arrangement and has for the last, like, three years or something. Um, and he just melds a bunch of genres together. So yeah. It's either or. Okay, I might have missed something, mm-hmm. but you're talking about Father of the Bride, right? I am. Okay, so the first track on that album. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not obvious by Superman. Oh, okay. What is it? It is. Um, the duet. The duet with Danielle Hyam. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, I think, is it? It's not It's called Father of the Bride, I think, isn't it? Is it? You know. Gosh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were wow, talking about the other one. Oh, that's okay. We're here. I'll, I'll have it right. Hold you now. Mm. Hold you now. That's, that's what, what it's it called. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then Harmony Hall is right after this featuring Danielle Hyam. Obvious um, bicycles from modern band. Modern right, band. right. That's, right. I was so, looking okay. at that note. That's good. Um, Sorry, I just I know that album. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, my, my, my but bad. the reason I asked that question though is mm-hmm. that I think in a way like it's good to like contextualize it because like I'd say that this is outside of the bounds of what I would normally listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. se- like seems to be like your jam, Ali. It seems yeah. to be like your jam. Like I'm more into like the Midwest theme, like tiny moving parts. Yeah. Right. American football, like. And then you guys are like in the matter. So, but mm-hmm. just to kind of like get some context. Yeah. So just really yeah. quick. So Josh and Jonathan are a little like. Well, Josh is definitely on the metal side of things. What, what do you normally do? Jonathan's a little more on that side. Yeah. But um, I grew up on country and CCM. Mm. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> TK is into the Midwest emo. Um, and also like hardcore and like and hardcore. Ska, yeah. And, and ska. ska. We can't forget Scott. Yep. So I, I Trump. Love... <laughs> Bye. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Sorry. God, I'm so annoying. Okay. <laughs> so, I suck at this podcast. I like I like those genres. I do. Um, I think I I was raised on country and CCM. Um, got really into metal and like punk rock. Um, and now I would say I'm more into like pop punk and alternative. And so Vampire Weekend to me is like a really good, definitely more on the alternative like indie side, but right. like a nice blend of that punk and. But and I think at this age, because we're all, like all kind of like in our upper twenties, like I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I think you kind of decide like what style of music you. I I feel like because I've been into what I listen to now. Mm-hmm. For a good like ten years, and I've kind of stuck yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't oh, yeah. been very much variation. 
Totally. And so I think like this is like the reason why this is like an important conversation to have when bringing in a new artist because again like we didn't grow up with them. Um, whereas I did. Whereas so you this did. This is in my canon. This is like my yeah. ten year canon. Right. Like right. So like well, for me that's not. Yeah. I, I, I mean yeah, it, this, it kind of is. This yeah. is fringe for me, and I'm kind of getting into this more, and I and I like it. Yeah. Right. I'd say I, it's fringe-ish. I would agree with Ali. I think. If, I, if there's one genre that's been very consistent for me over the last 10 years, it's indie alternative. Same. Right. Um, yeah, same. And I lean a lot more folky, too, right. these days. Right. But, and yeah. I never listen to folk. So that was one of my notes is, like, it's cool to hear, like, acoustic kind of country folk in this way. Because yeah. it's not, like, this way normally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a unique take on it. I do wish it had more variety, uh, like, just different sounds and stuff like the other albums do, but it, I mean, after talking about what we talked about a few minutes ago, it just makes sense that yeah. this is the way he decided to go. Um, n- not a bad album at all, though. It's long. Too long. It's like an hour and six minutes or something, and the last song has Jude Law in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. It was supposed to be two albums. Oh, interesting. Or like um, two separate. Two separate. Father of Surprise. Okay, yeah. all right. That's my um, main critique of it, I, I think. Yeah. Like, if I had, like, I think it's a good album, but if I had a critique for it, it's too long. Because I definitely found myself at around the 13, 14 song mark, like, okay, is this, Skipping. like, how much more is yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think they push it, I don't think they push it hard enough content-wise or music-wise right. for right. it to justify its own existence. And that's, that That was kind of my point. I listened mm. to Father of the Bride first, actually. Mm. Same. And then, so then I listened to Self-Titled, and when Self-Titled Whoa. ended at song 10, I was like, is it over? <laughs> yeah, it's like half and an hour. Short. And, and I was really I I listened to it on uh, I think I listened to it on Amazon, and so then it like I uh, it auto played into something else, and so I'm like I'm listening, and then the song's on, and I'm like this sounds different, and then I'm like oh yeah, it's not it's not Vampire Weekend. I have no idea who this is. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Alt J or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But. uh yeah, the last thing I want to touch on is, is my segment, uh, Sounds Feels Like. This one was Sounds Slash Feels Like. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. I like that. Don't explain it, just own it. Just slash. Just yeah. write it yes. like you stole it, man. Um, I, this one was the hardest one for me to come up with something. And I, I think that it feels like I'm taking a road trip, like a long road trip, to a wedding. Where the wedding's the destination. Which, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of songs about relationships and stuff like that, so I'm sure that's where I'm picking it up from. But hmm. I'll let that percolate. <laughs> the word of the day. And I, I can't remember if someone else already mentioned this, but on Father of the Bride, he was inspired by Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. I said that right. That's sort of yeah. But to, to have the listener immediately know who was speaking... And the context of the song, and that is different on Father of the Bride than the other three albums, where mm-hmm. it is like, oh, this is a man and a female singing to each other, or mm-hmm. this is right. a rich man, or whatever, you know, like, he wanted it to be way more obvious than his other ones. Right. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you yeah. mentioned that. But. Yeah. 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 I, I, so he talked about that a little bit, mm-hmm. like, when in interviews and stuff for that album. Right. Um, I think I was the one that mentioned that with Father of the Bride, it's very much, like, you know what the song is about by the time you're done listening to it. Whereas some of their older stuff, it's like, I might need to listen to this about 
30 more times before I'm like, <laughs> but there, okay. There's still songs on Father of the Bride. I don't know if I get what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, it still has some of that, like, it's it still Complex. has some of that DNA, yeah. like, that kind of, like, ambiguity to it, mm-hmm. but I think that the, um, the, like, intention in writing the lyrics was different, because he talked about, I don't remember where I heard this interview, I might have just found it on YouTube or something, but he talked about in his, where, when he was writing his previous albums, he was intentional about that ambiguity, and about how, like, okay, I'm not gonna, like, form complete ideas with yeah. a lot of these lyrics because I want there like I want there to be like just a like a hint of a meaning that people can grab different things from. Right. Um and so that being an intentional thing he was doing, he then kind of shifted to writing a lot more straightforward stuff. And I think um that was a way that like he thought he described it that like as like he was in this kind of rut of writing his lyrics in a certain way. And wanted to kind of break out of that too, which I think is, um, I mean, it's, it's very apparent with like that, that's kind of how I was feeling with everything in the, in the way that father of the bride sounds so different. Um, and that those first three albums he refers to as like a trilogy. So I think it's, it makes sense that it's so different. Yeah. Um, and I do think the six year gap helped a lot Mm -hmm. because if that had come out like two years after modern vampires, people would be way more mad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's yeah. There have been other bands that have done similar things most yeah. recently, and my genre is Red came out with, and not their last album, but the second to last album. They came out with that album, and it was a couple years removed from everything else that they've ever done. And it, one thing that Red does is they put a lot of orchestral stuff in with their metal, mm-hmm. lots and lots of strings, and then this album replaced all the strings with like electronic mm. and it was awful. different. <laughs> 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 Wait, was that the one with like released panic on it? No. Oh no. shoot. Okay. That was the that last was good one before. Oh. Mm. <laughs> and then they came out with the newest one was war we made and it was a lot better. It was a lot mm. like normal, but anyway, um, thank you for that little tip, um, <laughs> on metal bands that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's my segment. All right. Um, no. No, <laughs> that Allie doesn't know. <laughs> New segment. That'd be kind of fun. Allie, just, just like, off the top of your mind, come up with a name for a metal band and say it out loud. Yeah. The Thrashers. That's so generic. Fetal evisceration. <laughs> that's so generic, but it was the first thing in my head. I bet uh, that's a metal band. Oh, that's, that was, that was thrashers. what I was thinking. I'm sure like, there are. And they probably don't band. sing thrash metal either. <laughs> okay. Fetal... Oh God. I didn't what? say that. What? This. No, no, no. no, no I'm talking about the, the thrashers. I know, but I'm just looking up fetal evisceration to oh, see okay. if that's an actual band. Oh, okay. my goodness. Allie, yeah. you, you talk about your number three vampire weekend album. Okay, um, not about that. Um, So my third and second were tied, but I knew that wouldn't fly, so this one is like 1% less than my second one. Uh-huh. Ironically, yes, what is it? Sorry, can I interrupt? Sure. The thrashers is a band. They have... 737 monthly listeners on Spotify, and their number one song with 20,000 listens is Yakety Yak, Don't Talk Back. Yep. What? Like the real song? That mm-hmm. song? Yakety, Yakety Yak, Yak, Don't Talk Back. Yep. And their most recent what? album is Robot Invaders from the Death Galaxy. <laughs> Sounds on brand. And there is no band called Fetal Evisceration. Yeah. That's good. I do want to point out, though, <laughs> I don't. Apple Music has the genre of the Thrashers listed as surf. So, I mean, that makes I do sense. know that. I mean, you guys okay. know that song, right? That old song? Yeah. 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 Okay. 
because of the office. Okay. <laughs> I don't word in the office. Or something. I don't remember that. Uh, Andy, he is trying to coax Daryl into playing music with them, and then he goes into Daryl's office and he's yeah, like, dude, knock, don't knock back. Yeah. And then oh yeah, yeah, it reminded me because when I worked at the Gap, they in the kids section they would play a bunch of like nostalgic like era music to like probably get people to be like oh I remember a simpler day I'm gonna buy all these clothes like, <laughs> and they like they would play that makes song sense. Too. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so Allie's number three for Allie's number three. Take three for Allie's number three. It's 1% below your number two album. Right, and okay. it um, okay. it's Modern Vampires. You are looking surprised. So here's the thing. I, I really didn't like this album, and my best friend Shannon, that I shouted out earlier, literally mailed me the album. Shannon in Chicago, what's up? Um, she mailed me the album and was like, you're going to like this. I know you're going to like this because she and I are really spiritual and talk about Christianity and our beliefs, whatever. And this whole album is about him really struggling through his beliefs. And like, it's a dialogue with God and there's all sorts of like references to like choirs and like choir arrangements. And there's all these, um, chords even that are like from hymns. And, and so she was really like nerding out on that. She knew I would. And so it worked and I really ended up loving it. Um, and I could talk, I think I have the most notes on this one, which I won't go into it, but like one of the main things, <laughs> Tanner's like me too, <laughs> I, I could write like a book on this album. And I think like intellectually, this was my favorite album as far as lyrics go and cohesiveness and, and there's so many biblical references. Um, a lot of it's, so, in, well, first of all, in my mind, self-titled, also, I think they've talked about this, but, like, self-titled is, like, very carefree and young and youthful and college and, and like, sex and relationships. Mm -hmm. The second one is sort of exploring the world, traveling, getting different influences and whatnot. And then this one's, like, oh, we're starting to get old. we got to kind of figure out our place in life. We're thinking about aging. We're thinking about death. We're thinking about more serious things. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a much more somber, like, gothic, like mm -hmm. you said. Or I think I said that and then you said it, but... We'll check the tapes I later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Allie said it. <laughs> if it was smart, um, Allie said it. The judge has spoken. <laughs> but one of my favorite things about this album, and I was looking at my notes, and I messed you up earlier, but um, it opens with Obvious Bicycle, and that's a song about, um, well, nobody can say anything definitively with Vampire Weekend. To me, it's a song about a man aging and like doing the same grind and like 9 to 5, you know, blue collar worker or whatever, and kind of his life just passes him by. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, listen, don't wait. It's all about seizing the day. And then the very last song on this album, I think is brilliant because it's Young Lion and it mm -hmm. ties it in this, um, the exact opposite where it says you take your time, Young Lion, just like over and over again. And I think there's still, that's like just a perfect example of the whole, this whole album is just like wrestling with hard topics. And it's like, don't wait, but also take your time. And then there's a lot about, like, I don't know, Don't Lie is another great one. Um, it's about, like, the ticking clock going by you. There's a headstone in front of everyone you know. Like, very, like, dark, serious, dark. dark lyrics, right? But one of my favorite, one of my favorite, I guess, intellectually, again, is Yahweh. Or Yah, sorry, Yahweh, Yahe, uh -huh. <laughs> which is a take on Yahweh. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. And it seems like probably he, a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, he talks him. a lot about that throughout the song, I thought. Right, well, oh, and yeah. it's 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 kind of his criticism of God and a very mm-hmm. harsh criticism of God. Well, um, if I can interject for a sure. second, when he's singing with that like really high vocal modulation in that song where he's saying Yahe, uh-huh. he also says Ut Dio, mm-hmm. and that is Latin for to God. Right. There's like a lot of gems like that. Mm-hmm. I literally feel like you and I could write a book about this. But absolutely, <laughs> I really want to listen to this one again now. Yeah, there's seriously. Like, I, for the sake of time, I literally have notes on every single song about how like it ties into religion, or or I don't know if you guys know this, but the song Diane Young is a met- or a play on Dying Young. Mm-hmm. Like, Taking all my notes, Allie. I'm sorry. I just like I love this album, and and you can dive so deep. It's it's so layered, and I think oh, yeah. that's what I like about it. I I love like worship the, you. Really quick, go for it. That um like what they do with the vocals and how they like my in that song i think is like one of in like the last 10 years one of the coolest production feats hmm. i've ever heard hmm. of in diane young yeah yeah, yeah. it's so i cool. think it's so cool it's really fun and another song unbelievers everybody talks about everybody loves um but it, and it's so poppy it's so happy but it's actually like about condemnation and like <laughs> like dying and not going to heaven or like yeah it just I, and they like to do that they like to surprise you yeah he says something like the the fires of hell await people that don't believe or something like that and he said and you and me we're gonna we're gonna die like we're gonna be that yeah we're, we're tied we're, to the tracks going out this together. train and yeah. Yeah, we're not moving <laughs> so i don't know i could keep going i'm not going to because we're running late on time but um Really? Just keep, well, no, no I'm not going to. Yeah, every episode yeah. is two parts. Got it. So. Got it. Yeah, I mean, th- those are... The other one that really strikes me is Everlasting Arms, and um, there's lyrics about, like, I was made to serve a master, and, and it's a lot about free... He's trying to wrestle with free will and God, and were we made to worship God? He doesn't really feel like that, and he's just trying to walk through all those feelings, and it's like, what Christian hasn't? I mean, he's not... He's Jewish, I believe, or agnostic, but... As a Christian, I really relate to that album. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think picking it apart, it's more fun. I, it's really hard for me to choose it at three, but I'm like begrudgingly putting it at three. Mm. But it really would be tied. So for me, Modern Vampires is also number three. Um, but I think it, it. I think if I had time to go through all of these, did I interrupt? No. No, oh, I think okay. it's mm-hmm. his oh, favorite. Yes. <laughs> it's your favorite one. I, I, well, I, I'm guessing that. Uh, I, 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 uh, I think that if I had, if I had more time to like really break down and get into the lyrics, like I love, I would, I would probably have ranked this one higher. But I really liked the feeling of the other two albums I haven't mentioned more, and and was able to get into the the musicality of them and. And all of those things. So I think that that's why this one is number three. Mm-hmm. I did still like it. Um, I did recognize that it, it had a darker kind of take to it. The sound is it's not just the lyrics that are darker. The sound is a little darker. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting. And this is, it's it kind of bothered me. It actually still bothers me a little bit. The last song on there, Lion, Young Lion. Um, so for one, it uses dissonant chords, like all over, and then he brings in these strings. But if you really listen to it, the keys are, and I think it's purposely this way. At first, I was like, "That's weird. That can't be true." But the the, the closer you listen to it, I I think the keys 
they used a real piano and they're slightly not tuned right. Mm. It's it's not only are they using dissonant chords, but that song is not tuned. It's and it was driving me nuts. I've never picked up on some, that. Some bands do that. They like they tune it like two or three cents in either direction of a note. It's it's like it's clearly that way. If you listen oh, yeah. to this, I and and it has to be Rostin's genius. Um, but also, I think it does like what she was just talking about with Young Lions and how. What he's getting into in that song, I think it's meant to be very dissonant, and I just thought that that was so like it bothered me. But the more that I think about it, that's I think it's really really cool how they did that and what they did. But at, like the first time I listened to this album, yet the song is like wow, I I really because I, I love the use of keys throughout all of these albums. But then it got to this uh, song, and he played the keys. I was like, have they been off key this whole time? And I just now noticed, and so I like. I, I quit listening to it and I went back to another song. I was like, no, the keys are just fine in this one. And then I went back to this song and I'm That's like, so cool. they're not right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that, I again, I don't have nearly as much to say as everybody else on these ones, but I do think Modern Vampires is my third. I, I think that I will probably go and listen more and dive into that stuff because I do love lyrics. Um, but yeah, that's that's where, where I'm at. Dang, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I really appreciate, like, I think people that can take away that kind of stuff and, like, I don't know, I, I really appreciate, like, your guys' is, like, um, you know, like, your ability to pull those things out. I was just being a jerk. It started, and I was like, this is not right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so my number... Wait, wait, no, no, don't keep going. Okay. Keep going on what you were saying if you had more. Otherwise, otherwise it's, it's time, time for love tips from Jonathan. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. This this one's a little longer than the last one. The last one was just, just a random thing. Take it or leave it. Um, I hope it helps you, though. But imagine with me for a second. Okay? You're, like, in the middle of the week, in the middle of the day walking down the street in the middle of your town. It's a small town, though, all right? Um, and someone walks right up to you, and they're like, we belong together. All right, number one, when this happens, because it will, number one, turn around and make sure they're not talking to the person behind you. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah, number two, if there is no one behind you, then run. <laughs> because not not for the obvious reason that they're telling you that we belong together. They could be crazy. They could not. Who knows? But you want somebody who's a hard worker, and they should not be out in a small town in the middle of the street in the middle of the day on a weekday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there you go. What if they work night shift? Ooh. Do you really want somebody who works a night shift? No, they're probably jerks. <laughs> or they're vampires. Oh. Ooh. And I didn't know if your run was a tie into the song called Run. Maybe it was a little nod towards that. You know, it wasn't. It was. This was just take credit it, okay. for okay. it. Okay, I have to be honest. <laughs> um, no, you don't. I, okay, it totally was. It was also tied to the song We Belong Together. Yes, I, I picked yeah. up on that for sure. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. 
Also, people that. who work nights aren't jerks because my girlfriend Hannah works nights. If you're listening to They're this. They're saving her life. <laughs> Does she yes. listen? Don't let her vacation for too long. Oh, she, she's missing out on the love, too. Uh-oh. Yeah. She hears enough of them already. She <laughs> <laughs> she's living on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>